This is AutoLine Daily with the latest news in the global automotive industry. Good news for Tesla today. It looks like the EV maker has come to a settlement with the state of Michigan that will allow it to sell and service its vehicles in the state. In 2016, Tesla sued then-Governor Rick Snyder and other officials over a law that says automakers can only sell vehicles in the state through franchise dealers. Sources say that will no longer be the case. A Tesla subsidiary will handle the sales and service, and Tesla will also be able to deliver its vehicles to Michigan. It seems like the trickiest part will be titling a vehicle, which will have to be done in another state, then transferred to Michigan. But if Michigan is willing to budge on its stance of selling Teslas to consumers, maybe the other states that ban Tesla sales will follow suit. And according to a new study from AAA, owning an electric vehicle helps ease a lot of concerns over their perceived issues. Prior to owning an EV, 91% of those surveyed said that they had at least one concern, including range, long-distance travel, and finding a place to charge. Post-purchase, many of those fears went away. More than three-quarters of drivers who were worried about range were less or no longer concerned after buying an EV. And of the owners surveyed who had never owned an EV, 96% said they would buy or lease an EV for their next purchase. The study also found that the cost of owning an EV is about the same as a gasoline-powered car. Based on five years and 75,000 miles of driving, an EV only costs about $600 more annually. For any of you who are as intrigued as us about Carlos Ghosn's escape from Japan, there's going to be a one-hour documentary about the ordeal that will air on CNBC Monday the 27th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. The documentary will retrace his escape, as well as, quote, his unusual and high-flying trajectory as an auto industry executive. Sounds like it should be a good show, and we can't wait to learn more about how he is able to pull it all off. Hyundai is one of a handful of major automakers developing hydrogen-powered fuel cell vehicles. And while it's bullish on the technology, there's still a number of things that need to happen before fuel cells become mainstream. At the Hydrogen Council meeting in France, Hyundai's executive vice chairman, Yu Sun Chung, laid out three key steps of making fuel cells a reality. The first is achieving cost reductions through technological innovations in the hydrogen industry including production, storage, and distribution. The next is to create a safety management system in order to convince the public that hydrogen is reliable in terms of safety. And finally, he said that governments need to do more to promote the benefits of hydrogen. GM self-driving unit Cruise has been testing and gathering data with modified versions of Chevrolet Bolt EVs for years. But yesterday, it unveiled its first production vehicle, the Origin. It has no driver controls because it's fully autonomous, which clears up a ton of space for passengers. Cruz says the Origin is no bigger than most vehicles, just that it's packaged more efficiently. It's also all-electric and will be used for shared ride-hailing services. The Origin has a suite of sensors highlighted by two new sensors that are mounted on the front of the vehicle. 
Cruz claims it will operate beyond human capabilities and will have the lifespan of a million miles. Unfortunately, no word yet on when consumers will be able to experience the origin. Well, if Jeep is worried about its sales in the U.S., we reported the brand was down 5% last year, it might want to take a look at our comments section from yesterday. Now, I didn't see a single person say it had anything to do with Mike Manley leaving to take over the CEO position at FCA. Rather, most people focused on price. But here are a few other theories. Cal Ryan says, Jeep sales down? How about the concept of market saturation? Brett Kamick agrees. Now that CUV, SUV models are pervasive across the marketplace, they're being outcompeted for value. And Kit Gerhardt adds, Compass, Renegade, and Cherokee are among the worst vehicles in their class. Jonathan also has a good point. He says, Jeeps simply cut back on some of the lease incentives on various Jeeps, such as the Compass, Cherokee, etc., by about 8%. So a 5 or 6% drop is not surprising. Well, Jeep, are you listening? I'd say all these reasons combined tell the story of why Jeep sales are down. You all also had a fair number of comments about the Roxor refresh. A number of you pointed out that the grill now looks like a Toyota Land Cruiser from the 1970s. I don't want to laugh, but it would almost be funny if Mahindra went from being sued by FCA to getting in trouble with Toyota, all because it was trying to make the Roxor look less like a Jeep. And lastly, some wondered why FCA would go after Mahindra in the first place since the Roxor is not really a direct competitor with Jeep, seeing that it's an off-road only vehicle. Now it might be a bit of a stretch, but I think there is one area where the Roxor competes with Jeep, and that's for businesses that use vehicles that don't go on the road, like amusement parks and zoos. I was told by someone at Mahindra that was one area where sales were stronger than it ever expected. The businesses liked that they could get the Jeep look, without having to spend the money for a real Jeep. Would that be enough volume to hurt Jeep? It might not be, though. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Another day, another automaker is being accused of cheating on diesel emissions. Bloomberg reports that prosecutors in Germany allege Mitsubishi-equipped defeat devices in two of its diesel engines in order to cheat on emission tests. Police and prosecutors are investigating 10 sites in Germany, three of which belong to supplier Continental, which is a witness in the case and is cooperating with authorities. Mitsubishi said it is gathering more information and is also cooperating with authorities. A Bloomberg analyst said a possible recall could involve as many as 400,000 vehicles and cost the company up to $360 million. Mitsubishi is a small company in Europe. It only sold 138,000 vehicles last year in the region, so a significant recall could be serious for the company. Daimler is once again issuing a warning about its profits, the third time it's done so since last May and the fifth time in the last year and a half. The automaker revealed that its 2019 earnings before interest and taxes are expected to be about 5.6 billion euros, which is down nearly half from the 11.1 billion the company posted in 2018. And that does not include the 1.5 billion euros in costs related to its diesel emission scandal. In addition to those costs, 
Daimler is spending heavily to develop electric and autonomous vehicles. But we will get a clearer picture of its finances when it releases its full 2019 results in February. And Daimler isn't the only automaker feeling the effects of the global industry slowdown. Jaguar Land Rover announced it's cutting 10% of its workforce, or about 500 jobs, at its Halewood plant in England. The factory builds the Range Rover Evoque and Land Rover Discovery Sport. The company's sales declined 6% last year due to slumping sales in China and reduced demand for diesel vehicles in Europe. And hey, don't forget to join us for AutoLine After Hours this Thursday. Tune in to get John and Gary's insight on the latest news in the global automotive industry. That's tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on our website, AutoLine.tv. That's it for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you right back here again tomorrow.